Okay, it's been a while. We haven't talked. Life happened, okay? But let's talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about life. What's going on? I hope everybody who listened to me is doing well. I do hope. Y'all know me. I, I'm tr- I'm really trying to keep it on the schedule. But anyway, what can we talk about today? Mm. Okay. I kind of wanted to bring up the vaccine again a little bit because it's still on the news. Um, People are still, you know, kind of scared to get vaccinated. <sighs> Okay, once again, I agree that it is a personal decision. All I'm asking from people is to really research for themselves what the vaccine is about. But you know what? I'm not going to... I feel like this, this subject that kind of yeah, has been, you know, beaten to death on... Um, it's not necessary to go there again. We can talk about something else. So let's talk about mental health a little bit. Okay. Um, talk about mental health. And I want to talk about what I'm going through a little bit with that. Because it's a, it's a real subject for me. Right. And it's as I do think that. There is now a better try to understand, uh, but we're not there yet. And again, this is my experience with mental health. Um, everybody has a different experience with mental health. So this is not, uh, I am speaking with people that have issues I'm not speaking for people. Sorry about that. I'm not speaking for people that have issues with mental health. Definitely not. I am giving my experience and, um, you know, what I have been firm. So I have had had issue with mental health ever since I was a kid. Um, I remember... Having suicide ideation at 8, 9, 10, um, 11, 12, 13, 14. So it's not new to me. Um, You know, of course, you know, being an African woman and growing up in an African household, it wasn't with a mother that was not really present. It wasn't really taking as serious as it could have been, right? So, for people that have listened to the podcast before, I have talked a bit to the fact that I'm a, I am a, an am I a, <laughs> I am an albino woman, which you know um, is not always the best thing to be in Africa um, because you are. An anomaly, right? Which is technically true. It's a genetic anomaly. Um, so with that, um, with my particular experience with albinism is that 
I have very bad vision. Um, I have worn glasses. Um, vision glasses ever since I was two years old. Um, however, what my parents missed was that and didn't believe me in was that vision glasses were were not giving were not helping me the way it would help a normal person right a normal person um that doesn't suffer from albinism normally uh, you know, you have vision issues, you go to the doctor, doctor gives you a prescription, you know, you wear your prescription, and it really helps, right? Um, it really helps you see better, and, you know, um, it, it helps make your life a little bit better, right? You, you can drive, you can, you know, you can see in front of you better. The issue with albinism is that, um, you know as I discover is that melanin plays a big role into your vision, okay? It really, really, really plays a big role into your vision. And I don't have any melanin. So while the glasses, you know, can be, are helpful, they basically are there to make sure that my vision doesn't get worse. They are not what they would be for a regular person. Um, I still cannot see very far with glasses. Um, so, but... What they do for me is, you know, they help with my headaches. Um, they do help with, you know, uh, see, a see the little bit that I can see a little bit more clearly. Um, you know, reading glasses help me, you know, read a little bit the small things better. So, so they are not totally useless, but they are kind of useless. However, it's not something that my um, ophthalmologist back in Africa explained to my family. So, imagine me complaining to my family that I still don't see well, you know, making um, writing error in school. They really thought that I was just being a brat. Um... The woman who properly raised me, which is my aunt, um, is the one person that was able to realize and understand my issue uh, maybe like two years ago. Okay. And I have had a vision issue since I was born. Two years ago, I was 32. Uh, so two to three years ago, that is when she actually realized that, oh, damn, she, she was not lying. Her vision is that bad, you know. It took her 32 years to actually believe me 
that I was not making that up. Like, you know, it's really, she is suffering and she really don't see anything. Um, you know, so am I mad about that? Not really. Um, I was very angry for a long time that, you know, like you are trying to explain to people like, I can't see, you know? And, um, and that also means that I don't have peripheral, uh, peripheral, peripheral vision. My peripheral vision is very bad. So in all technicality, I'm legally blind. I'm disabled. It's, it's, it's a disability at this point. So, uh, because I remember like my friend, you know, my friend would be like, yo, like I saw you yesterday and you ignore me. And I'm like, and I would be like, wait, what? No, no, you didn't see me yesterday. And they would be like, yeah, you were dressed like this and this like this. And I'm like, oh, I didn't see you. And they would get upset because they would, like, they would be like, Lorian, I was next to you. Like, how could you not see me? I was literally next to you. I was, uh, you know, I was in your bubble. And I will try to explain to them, I promise you on everything, I did not see you. You know, and you know, it took them a while to understand that. Oh, she's serious, like, she, she's really not lying because they understood, you know, what kind of friend I was. And they were like, you know, they, at some point they realized that I was not lying, you know. So, you pass that with the fact that I never had, you know, I. I never had a dad present in my life. I always, I always felt that, that I was the odd one. So think about it, right? <clears throat> my aunts who raised me and loved me and, you know, taught me everything I know about, you know, being who I am. Um, she left for France when she got married when I was 10. And, you know, my mother... Um, God bless her, was not, she was not the kind of, she's not, she's one of those people that should have never had kids. Um, unfortunately, she never took precaution not to keep having kids. Um, so she kept having kids. And so, you know, you go from being raised by someone who loves you who protects you you know to the best of their abilities to someone who really has no idea how to raise a child you know just no idea from 10 to 20 uh, until when i came to the u.s i can tell you i raised myself and i mostly raised my siblings until I came to the U.S., okay? Um, so that's a lot of resentment. So you don't get to enjoy. So you don't have a dad, okay? You, you don't have a dad that you can count on. You don't feel protected, right, by the one person that is supposed to protect you. Um, you are bullied for the way you look. But people that are supposed to be your people, you know, I'm, 
I'm albino, but I'm a black woman growing up in a black, you know, in a black communities, but I'm being rejected. <clears throat> Sorry. I'm being rejected by my own people, you know, because of the way I was born. Nothing I can change about that. Um, you know, I cannot change anything about being albino. It's the way I was born. It is what it is. Um, so it's a lot of, you know, built-in resentment. So growing up, I did have a lot of things where I wanted, you know, I wanted to die. I, I just like, I, I just, I didn't see, I, I didn't see you. I didn't have the will to leave because life was way too hard. It was, it was, it was just disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. And when you fight so early at such a young age, um, it's, it's not a good experience. It's truly not a good experience. It is not something that, you know, I would even wish to my, to somebody that hates me. I wouldn't wish that to, to anyone because it was very, it was very sad. So, but I never, um, you know, I never, I remember telling, you know, my mom that I wanted to die and she told me, okay, just to let you know, I have had a lot of family members, you know, that kill themselves and, you know, it is what it is. You die, you know, we'll cry a little bit and then life continues. Um... That is my mother for you. That is my mother for you. Um, so with that, so you see already like, you know, ah, I truly do not matter, right? Because, you know, the, one, the woman that gives me life, I tell her, you know, how I feel and how deep I am being, you know, how deep it is hurting me to leave and, you know, all the bullying that I'm going through. Um, and the bullying didn't start. I love that. The bullying didn't start until I got to high school, uh, to middle school. Um, middle school was the worst experience of my life. And that, that, uh, and I stand by that. Completely worst experience of my life. Um, I, I just don't understand how a kid can be just that cruel to other kid just in order you know to fit in um you know just in order to fit in kids are very very cruel so you know talk to my mother she 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 doesn't she could care less right could care less about what's going on and so I, I kept all that, right? And um, the nail in a coffin, which was my own fault, was that I get pregnant at 16. Get pregnant. And that for me was a betrayal from God because I was one of my only friends that actually used condoms. So it's like... God, really? Like, 
actually do use protection, but I'm the one that gets pregnant. Like how? How? Um. So that happened. I find myself in a very, very scary situation. Um. You know, living with str- very helpful strangers, but they're still strangers. Um. Who helped me out? So I hid my pregnancy until. I was seven months pregnant, so really, my first doctor visit when I was pregnant was when I was seven months pregnant. My poor baby, I was very lucky that, you know, God uh, made sure that my kids was healthy, uh, because, you know, a lot of things could have happened. A lot of things could have happened um, with me, you know, not going to the doctor. I then give birth in horrendous, horrendous in the, I gave birth to the, in the poorest hospital of the country. Um, literally, you know, when I say the poorest hospital in the country, I mean the poorest hospital in the country. And um literally you know the nurse couldn't give a shit about me in the contrary they were mocking me for having a child that young and you know um i am in pain because i can't afford a pillow um so i am in pain for like 10 to 13 hours um don't ask me more details because honestly uh, when I think about it I, I feel like I'm still there um so okay so give birth right um can't go to school because I cannot afford a nanny um my biological family didn't help my aunt was mad so I can't even because I had you know I hid the pregnancy for her from her so she was very upset about that. So she didn't speak to me for like six months. Thank God she spoke to me after because there's no way to say where me, my child and I will be if she, you know, if she didn't. Um, so that happened, right? You birth, da-da-da. Um, finally, you go back to school. Finally, finally go back to school. And I I am on survival mode. You know, I have a kid now. I am on 100% survival mode. I, you know, I have so... Um, my aunt, she, um, she tells me, okay, you have a kid, you know, you have to think about that kid and, you know, decide what you want to do with your life, you know? So... At that point, I am on survival mode. I have my high, I have my low, but I can't. I can think about that because I, I have, I have a baby, you know, um, and I didn't know at the time, but I suffer from post postpartum. Of course, people don't know what it is in Africa, so what I'm hit with are oh, you lazy. 
um, you know, you don't love your kids, you are, you know, you are not taking care of your kid properly, you are oversleeping. So rather than, you know, being taken with love, I am criticized left and right by everybody, you know? Yeah, it's just laziness. Um, you know, she's just, you know, she's not trying hard enough. Um, it's, it, you know, she's just not a good mother. She, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking and, and think and, and keep in mind, right. That I'm not leaving with my family. This is not my family. This is a family that took me in and my daughter to help me out. So, it, it just gets very difficult, right? So then I make the choice to move out. But the problem is, when I make the choice to move out, my baby was like a year or a sweat. And they convinced my pure shit mother to like, oh, we, we, we will babysit the baby for her. She can come see the baby every day. That was red flag number one. And I should have never allowed that. Now, in hindsight, I should have never allowed. I should have taken my baby with me. I should have, you know, find another way to make it work. Because after that, it's like my baby was in my own baby, right? So then after that, you know, get the bac baccalaureate or whatever. Tell my mom, hey mom, listen. Um, you know, this family has been very helpful. My best friend is there, but you know, I feel like they are getting to attach to the baby. I don't know how long it's going to take me when I go to the U.S. because I had the chance to come to the U.S. with my, you know, my aunt and me a ticket or whatever, but she couldn't, she couldn't force her husband. She already had forced her husband to take me in and, but she couldn't force her husband to take in my daughter. So our plan was, you know, me to get here finish school as soon as possible, you know, and get that, get my kid back. So once again, right, ups and down, depression is lurking, but I have such a goal that I have way more ups than down because I can't, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't let that, like, there's another life depending on me, right? So my mom is like, fuck this shit. Um, I literally raised my own kid. She hasn't. Um, and I cannot take in Victoria. So I have no choice but to leave Victoria in a safe place, right? Victoria is my daughter, by the way. In a safe place where she has been since my own mother couldn't do that. It took me 10 long years to finally have the financial um the paperwork the stability to get my daughter so get my daughter at 13 almost ruined me because like i said like i predicted the family didn't want the you know didn't want the baby to go so financially i it ruined me a lot i'm still i am still recovering from that uh, which is another thing on top of that, I'm a, you know, I am a um, shopping addict, so which who is trying to get sober from that. 
Um, so think about all of that, right? Because shopping was my way to deal with depression because it was, it was my escape. It was how I dealt with anxiety. It was how I dealt with missing my kid. It was the, how I, de- it really, it was how I dealt with the pain of being a mother away from my kid. Right. And it was how I dealt with, you know, not breaking down. That was, that was that, was that right? 2018 comes, I get my daughter, you know, my grandma dies. And it's like my brain, it, 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 it really felt like that. It's like my brain was like, oh girl, we hold you on. We hold you on for all of this year. It's like my consciousness was like, we hold on. You kept telling us that that was the goal from the moment you gave birth. You kept telling us there were a goal. Like you told us you need to have your baccalaureate. We let you, we, 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 we hold the, the depression away for that. Then you told us you needed to go to America. We hold on the depression for that. Then when you got to America, you told us that you needed, you know, to have a green card. We hold on the depression for that. Then you told us that you needed to be a U.S. citizen to get your daughter. We hold down the depression away from that. Then you told us you need to get your daughter back after being a citizen. We hold down the depression away from that. But now you have your daughter. You graduate. You got you got your you know your little associate degree from college. You are a U.S. citizen. You have a you have a stable job. We can't hold on that depression anymore. You need to deal with that. So. All the pain that I have had since I was nine years old, the postmortem, every single pain that I have ever had in my life that was hold on inside of me, boom, it happened 2019 just was one of the darkest years of my life and keeping that that i'm still dealing with the fact that i now have a child teenager a child in my home that i have to get to know that she have to get to know me that you know i have to get to trust that i have to show that i really love and so think about all those feelings man 2019 was a trip 2020 was a worse trip but the one thing that I like about 2020 was because of COVID, got to spend more time with my kid in the same house. And I just discovered how much of a mini-me she was and how much of a great child she is, you know? She got, she, got, she got some stuff that she needs to, you know, polish a little bit. But my child is an amazing child. And she is such a strong, she, she is such a strong woman. I just, you know, I need her to see that strength and I need her to put more effort into it. Um, but I'm very proud of my baby. So, but now, you know, since 2019 to today, now I have to deal with all the pain since I was nine, right? To today. Um, so it's, it's been a journey. Um, I still, now I have more down than up. Um, you know, I used to, I used when I have my, you know, my depression, when it gets very dark, I used to not talk about it. I just used to like, you know, hide in my room and, you know, not come out until I feel better, which is a very bad idea. 
um because then you you know you play with your mind and it's just like you, you it's like you replay everything that you could have done better um there is a lot of guilt that i carry um about decision that i no longer you know i can change it i can change nothing from the past right anything from the past is gone it's just it's not going to it's not going to change but i can you know act in the present and everything like that so of course so i tried therapy i really did um i wish i had an african therapist uh, or at like at least like a good immigrant therapist. I have an immigrant psychiatrist, which is great because he understands, you know, more where I come from. And then you know, we try. We have you know we have been trying medication since two thousand and nineteen. We haven't found the right one. Yes, yeah, sometimes I want to give up because it's like you know taking all those medication and it's not helping. Da, da, da. But I can't can't give up like i just have too much to give to the world um my gift to the world is to be a voice for the voiceless god put me on earth for that um you know so my my focus right now is really to deal with that trauma to deal with forgiving myself because i i do that's the first thing i need to do i need to forgive myself so i can forgive others um forgive my mother because you know it is what it is and I was lucky enough to have, you know, an aunt that loved me more than anything. And, you know, um, at least I had that, you know, I, I, I need to forgive my parents for being shitty parents. Okay. Um, and just, you know, forgive myself so I can move on. Cause I, that's the one thing that kind of like take me back. It's like, it's like, I don't know how to let go of that pain. Um, I, which is very crazy because like, I'm a very forgiving person. I'm, not, I'm really not a bitter person. Like, I don't, anything else I, I can forgive and forget. Right. Like, for example, I'm not mad at my, I'm, I'm a Belgian good at like, sir, please. Um, but forgiving my mom and myself, it's just like, it's just like those things where it's, so, it's just so hard. You know, when I think about all the decisions that led to that, right? And then the fact that she also has no accountability into um, what she, you know, what type of mother she was. You ask my mom what type of mother she was, she's going to tell you she was the best mother in the world, lies. Um, so it's like that, right? So my mental health, you know, someday I'm good. Someday I'm just like, I can't, I... It's like, it's like hope leave my body, okay? Hope leave my body. And when hope leaves your body, you just don't see anything. Like, people can tell you how amazing you are. They can tell you, you know, how, uh, how what you accomplished so far in life is great. But when hope leaves your body, you don't believe any of that. Like, there's no, that you, you just, like, people can tell you, it's just come one ear, get out the other ear, and it's like that, you know? So, I have decided that, you know, the one person, the one thing that always been there for me, and that always been for thing to think, is really my faith. Because, you know, a lot of people, they say, that, look, does God exist? Like, I actually feel the voice of God. I really actually feel the spirit on um, and I know that with my, I know that with my deliverance, 
from depression there's one thing i'm missing i just i'm not i, I know one of no one thing but maybe one or two things and i think like one of them is like forgiveness i have to fully forgive um and then the other one is to really believe you know when they say that god said that just give me your give me your charge right give me your charge and i will hold it for you um because my whole life like i've been betrayed by so many things so i don't trust like i have trust issues as of like trusting people to help me and i just have to fully you know when i pray i really have to fully give my charge to to jesus and fully um believe that is going to take care of it so i don't have to worry so i don't have anxiety so i don't have to i don't have the what if i'm getting there i'm not there yet but i'm getting there right um and also i do have a i, I have a fantastic job um i have a fantastic um you know health i have a fantastic mental health program at my job and i need to um i need to you know i need to lay on that i need to focus on that um so you know when people admit to other people that they have mental health it's not to gain i'm telling you those those like those moments that we have where we just don't see anything where we just like we just want to cry and we just want to go away and we as a person and as a person that really suffer from depression i'm telling you there is nothing that we will not wish it on anybody okay when i say anybody anybody we won't wish it on the bully of high school. We won't wish it on the bad coworker that always trying to get you fired. We will not wish it on anyone. That is how much that pain is bad. Okay? Because it's a, it's like you are fighting yourself literally. You are not fighting a stranger. You are not fighting an issue. You are not fighting a thing where you know what? Like, no, you are fighting yourself. You are fighting your consciousness. You are trying to convince your consciousness to leave you alone. You know how crazy that sounds? That's how we feel. You know, and, you know, and um, one of the things that I think, like, you know, people feel like, you know, uh, about, you know, suicide and stuff like that. Suicide is a temporary solution. Um, most of the time, you know, in 2014, I did try to kill myself. And Jesus was like, not today. Um, and I had to have emergency surgery because of all the things that I took, you know, to go. I didn't want to die, per se, per se. But I wanted the internal pain that I was feeling to go away. And 
most people that do try to kill themselves they will tell you that it wasn't that they really wanted to die that wasn't it but it was that pain that you keep feeling over and over the the fact that you don't feel strong the fact that you feel like every effort that you are making is going nowhere right and for a moment just a moment you want peace you just want your mind to stop racing you want your mind to um to just take a break i always say if i could stop the clock okay and do the work and then come back healed that would be great okay that'll be great but you know that's not how life works that's not you know um what happens so my thing is by giving you or talking about my experience is really being just be nicer when you hear about mental health and even if you don't hear about mental health be nicer to the people around you you don't know what they're going through you don't know what they're holding you know and you don't know the power of your words um you don't know how your word can affect anybody you know and don't call people sensitive or you don't you don't know like i said i have been carrying this since i was nine years old um and i always had a goal you know like always had a goal to hold on to and at some point my subconscious was like i'm sorry ma'am but you are going to have to deal with it because you can't you can't you cannot just go and think that okay if i do this one more time i'm going to be happy in this year if i do that one more time then happiness is going to be there because it's not life like it's truly not a life right because you just like okay go this and then you know i'm gonna try to be happy next time then i'm gonna go this and then you know happiness is gonna be next time can't be like that right you can't you can't do that you don't work um and you basically you are not truly living and in a world where i don't know when when god is gonna call me back um i definitely you know with everything that i'm supposed to do in life i cannot you know keep holding to you know a future that i don't know when my future is gonna stop so once again this is not how everybody feels um that is my personal experience with mental health um i wanted to talk about it because it's something that i leave a lot number one reason why i don't podcast every time uh because sometimes i just you know i don't have the strength for it um but like i said i'm still doing i'm doing the work taking my medication i'm talking to god because at the end of the day yeah the medication is good but i know that you know i know that my sanity and my peace of mind will come will definitely come back from god right and um 
doctors and things like that you know god sent those to help out so i'm not gonna you know throw away that um but i know that at the end of the day my deliverance will come from god it will you know it's and then it will come from me putting god in charge and him and then me giving him you know the charge that's holding me back right the pain that i have and that i'm holding on to um and really praying and really giving him to him in a sincere manner and you know and doing and being a christian in an honest and sincere manner too right i have to do that so it's not going to be like uh it's not it's not going to be like oh my god like today like i I woke up and i'm like i'm so great everything is fine and you know i'm delivered no but i also in my mind and in my spirit i also know and i do also feel that i am not far away from it right so I know it's there. I know it's coming. Um, I just don't know when. But I do know it's there and I know it's coming. So I just have to keep doing what I'm doing. The right thing. Keep praying. Keep acting right. Keep acting like a Christian. Um, You know. Keep doing what I'm called to do. And, you know, wait for it. Wait for it. Because... When God make a promise, he always deliver. Maybe not on my time, but he always deliver on time. Right? So, I am just waiting for it patiently. You know? Even though I'm not a really patient person, you can ask Jesus. You know, yeah. Patience, I feel like, you know... It's one of those things that girl was like, you know, she's going to learn about it. Um, she's going to be okay. She's going to learn about it. So, I'm not really patient. But, um, I, I am definitely going to be patient when it comes to my deliverance. Um, and I am going to keep doing what I'm doing. And uh, you will definitely hear about it when I'm there. Because I will celebrate my Jesus. I will celebrate. I will testify. Um, because, man, depression is not fun whatsoever. But in the meantime, I will keep being a mother because um, I actually enjoy the role. Um, you know, I will keep going, um, keep doing my best to be at work. Um, keep doing the work, you know. Um, and we will see you when I'm there, right? And then we will celebrate. And that's the podcast. I will talk to you guys later. 
this was Let's Talk by RK. And thank you for listening. Bye.